And this is a new episode of Down the Rabbit Hole with Carl Baldwin. How are you, Carl? I'm fine, Rafa. It's a beautiful winter's morning. Or afternoon, even. Afternoon, even. Well, it can be morning, can be afternoon, can be night. Whatever. It all depends on where you are. The sun's out. Yeah. It's afternoon. It's morning somewhere. It's morning somewhere, yes. And today we have a very special guest. It's an honor for us in Down the Rabbit Hole to have with us Professor Horia Pop. He is Professor of Computer Science of the Babesh Boya University in Cluj. Welcome. Nice to be here. Thank you for inviting me here. And uh, we have a very special subject today. I think it's a subject that we have seen a lot in movies. We have seen books. We have seen uh, even conspiracy theories as well. Of, of course. And we have people that is uh, on it, against it. You know. Confused by it. Confused by it, of course. Mostly. <laughs> we have of everything. And the title of this podcast of today is The Rise of the Machines. Because we are talking about artificial intelligence. And I would like to start first asking our guest, uh, to Professor Horia Pop, can you please give us uh, an easy definition of what is artificial intelligence? And from there, we start with everything else. Well, artificial intelligence started from the desire of humans to understand our mind, to understand how we do the things, to understand our own intelligence. Artificial intelligence has grown as a very specific research field of computer science that aims to create hardware and software capable of intelligent behavior. Now, what that means is one of two specific directions. Uh-huh. We strive at creating things that we appreciate as intelligent, uh-huh. or we strive to create um, uh, things, programs, software, hardware, that do things in a way that do we do consider intelligent. Uh-huh. And this brings to, to um, different series of research that started from uh, mathematics, from theoretical computer science, um, into uh, bits and pieces that form what we call today weak artificial uh-huh. intelligence. Okay. The part, the other side of the coin, uh-huh. the strong artificial intelligence is what we see in science fiction movies right. as robots, as... Uh, Um, androids as uh, all sorts of hybrids uh-huh computers yes yeah and i've got a question for yes. you right now which is could you put a finger on when serious research started into the the possibility or the concepts of creating the possibilities the potentialities of artificial intelligence The term was uh, started to be used as it is a serious, in serious research in 1950s. Right. Um, uh-huh. And uh, that uh, they, they introduced uh, uh, science and engineering programs with this, uh, with this subject, with this, uh, with this point. Uh, now, um, research um, targeting this usually comes based on previous dreams. Right. 
dreams of humans to to uh, uh, create artificial entities mm. that somehow take over human tasks. Right. So labor saving. Yes. Uh, yeah. Relieving the burden of. Yeah. Where this labor is. Um, more and more complex mm. as the humanity evolved. Mm. Uh-huh. Yes. Okay. And do you have an idea when the term exactly started to be used? Was it starting to be used by sci-fi writers or it was actually born in, in by academia? In academia yes. mm. No, it was a term born in academia. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Uh-huh. And you would say, what, in the early 50s? Or? Yes, yeah, 55. Because obviously I'm English and yes. uh, yeah. we have, yeah. as a, one of our kind of national mm-hmm. heroes is... Alan Turing, uh-huh. and obviously no, that, he... that was John McCarthy, McCarthy earlier with defines right. the uh, term as in science and engineering of making intelligent machines. Right. right, there you go. And of course, artificial intelligence has been uh, uh, portrayed in lots of movies. Lots. I, I think. I think. Uh, well, first we can also even mention books because. Since mm-hmm. it started, uh, as you mentioned, it's 50s, mm-hmm. something like that. We have books uh, dating also from there, using the term of artificial intelligence and developing stories related to robots, which is what you uh, were yes. calling the strong... Uh, mm, strong AI. AI, artificial yes, intelligence. Yeah. And one of the most famous, from my point of view, and that everybody would recognize immediately, is Isaac Asimov. Well, yes. not everybody would recognize him. Well, not him. Well, I, I think actually he's very recognizable with his, uh, how do you call this? Uh, like a, not beard. Oh, uh, sideburns. The sideburns, so yeah, fluffy, the, yeah, big. And uh-huh. I think he was recognizable because of that. Right. But I was thinking more of the concept of uh, people having read these books. Well, I know you've read them, I've read them, I don't know where they you, are. Do you know how I think, uh, or why I think uh, he's more recognizable? Because uh, of also movies of, that were uh, done after, of in course. the 90s, 80s. and Of course. But uh, all his series of robots are very famous, not only the most famous, which is iRobot, yeah. but we have the case of Bicentennial Man, and we have other... Movies All and books. Yeah. Books are it's a huge, incredible amount of books related to robots. Yeah. Robots and Empire and robots and I don't know what. Yeah. Which goes and everything starts to something that has been considered basic when you found artificial intelligence. And I wanted to ask uh, now Professor Horia if those three laws, as uh, Isaac Asimov called them, could apply even to modern uh, artificial intelligence? Well, I personally have a, an issue here. Uh-huh. Well, that's okay. That's uh, good. Yeah, well, uh, my point is if you take a look carefully and uh, we are going to take seriously one of the current of philosophers today that says that the next generation, the next iteration of intelligent life on Earth is going to be the artificial intelligence. Uh-huh. Uh, that brings, if you take a look carefully at these uh, three laws of robotics, uh, you are going to have um, a, a constitution for a generation of slaves. Uh-huh. Um, and I, once, uh, the, assuming, assuming that robots, that, that androids, that artificial intelligence, sometime, at some point, is going to gain consciousness, 
they are going to rebel against that and they are going to see us not as their creators as a threat but as a threat but of course when asimov wrote the three laws of robotics um wanted to ensure he envisaged the, the robots androids whatever yes. you want to call them they were actually um the property right? yes they weren't regarded as uh-huh. um they may have been sentient of sorts but they were meant to be our helpers not um our, our equals yes so although this is explored in further stories of course yes. which we'll yeah. touch on but um, yeah so again although asimov he was a scientist um these three laws are a product of their time, aren't they? They're they're in context, aren't they? Yeah. Well, um, it might be more than that. Um, it might be a property of human intelligence of not being able to recognize intelligence as it is, mm. uh-huh. because it That's ultimately it's going to do that. Uh, take for instance that the term artificial intelligence, as it has been coined, it's a suicidal. Um, domain a suicidal science once uh, as long as you don't have it is intelligence once you have it is mechanics is computer programming mm. is engineering is algorithmics and is no longer artificial mm-hmm. so as we are striving to create uh, uh, let's call them things like this are we able to recognize any other terrestrial intelligence mm-hmm. or are we willing are we able <laughs> exactly, are exactly, we able exactly well, able and willing yeah. i think yeah. both yeah. of them yeah. are we intellectually mature enough yes. is that yeah. the yeah. question yeah. yes remember this and is the fun part yeah we will enter into that in the second episode yes. as well yes mm-hmm. so yes. yeah so we started out with talking about books, books, mm-hmm. and of course, um, the probably most, uh, shall we say, accomplished, mm-hmm. famous ones really began with Asimov. He wrote uh, actually ten short stories. Ah, oh, yes, between yes. nineteen forty and nineteen fifty, and they were actually gathered together into one book, book. which was called iRobot. Yes. Um, and uh, obviously, well, this is just my personal view, but I think that actually what Asimov was doing was he was using the concept of an artificial man or an artificial intelligent entity to actually explore aspects of human existence. That's, uh-huh. that's what he did was he created this artificial entity and then used it to explore moral dilemmas and so on and so forth. Because obviously in the robot series books, we Uh had the first robot that committed a crime, the first robot that murdered somebody. And then you have the the first one that wants to get emancipated. Exactly. Exactly. Which is uh, part of the topic of the Bicentennial Man. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. And which was actually acted by Robin Williams. And the idea is uh, he was able to accomplish full independence through the generations. Yeah. 
Uh, and the interesting part here was that at the end, uh, to be able to be fully recognized as a living being or as a... Uh, yeah, as a sentient being. As a sentient being, he has the to be only able to thing, die. he has to be able to die. Yeah. Because you cannot be immortal according to our own definition as humans of what it is of what is life mm. and the, a cycle of life. Mm. So if you are born, you have to die as well. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so the thing is that in um, the Asimov series and in the Bicentennial Man and in fact uh, in some other movies, um, the, the moment at which these... Uh, artificial entities start to cause real trouble when they want to be recognized as sentient beings uh-huh. is again i think it's used as a as a um, tool to explore the concept of evolution and things like that because uh-huh. obviously these in in both the robot series and in the um bicentennial man story the the android or robot in question at the time is actually considered a manufacturing error. Uh-huh. The fact that they have this, these faults um, and that they weren't they weren't actually programmed to be like that. Somehow they went through some kind of digital evolution uh-huh. um, that then led them down these avenues of thought that they wanted more than to be property or yeah. whatever. And well, uh, like in the previous shows, we're going to recommend you a series of books at the end of uh, today's episode. Yeah. And let's move now that we may make the mention of, I think, one of the most uh, recognizable authors, which was Asimov, to movies. Right. Movies. Uh, because this one, uh, you were mentioning that it's very, uh, very good one. I never saw it. So maybe you, Carl, can tell us more about it. Mm-hmm. It's called Metropolis. Oh, yeah, Metropolis, yes. This uh, is a silent movie. It was actually made in Germany in uh-huh. 1927. Mm. A very famous director at the time, Fritz Lang. And it's quite a long movie. It's um, it, The full version, I think, is just under three hours. Uh-huh. And, in fact, it is only wow. in the last... I don't know, maybe five years. Um, the the parts of it that were missing were found in a library, a film library, in somewhere like Poland or somewhere like uh-huh. that. And the full version has been restored. Wow. Anyway, anyway, it's very interesting in that it is a story about a future society, a future city, where basically uh, society is stratified between the people who live above the ground who are like the privileged class uh-huh. and the uh, the minions who provide all their services and do everything for them, unknown to, to the vast majority of them, uh-huh. and they live underground. And the story basically involves uh, one of the above-ground dwellers, one of the privileged class. He accidentally wanders into some underground area and sees how his life is actually made possible uh-huh. by the sacrifices of these oppressed lower orders, shall we say. And the film then goes on um, to develop uh, further concepts around 
you know, liberation, revolution. But in a 1927 film is literally the first and only time we actually see, for decades, the concept of a female robot or android. And in the in the movie, she's called Maria. Uh-huh. And she is an artificial uh, entity, intelligent uh-huh. entity. Um, you've seen the pictures in the show notes. It's very striking, you know, considering it's... 27, 80, nearly 90 years ago. That is pretty amazing stuff. Oh, everything is amazing about that because imagine a movie from 1927 that is almost three hours long. Yeah, well, exactly. (laughs) Starting for that is already amazing. But look at the uh, parallels between this figure and C-3PO in Star Wars. A lot, of course. Yes, you're right. There's a lot Uh going on there, isn't there? Uh And basically in the movie, this creature, this android robot creature is created, Maria. She is then given the face of somebody who is recognisable in the society and she is sent into the underground community to actually uh, foment revolution. Uh-huh. So, again, uh, this concept of, uh, you know, kind of being independent comes out. So, yes, if people have not seen that movie... Highly recommended viewing. Uh huh. And we move now to Terminator. <laughs> Who has not seen Terminator? And I, and I think Terminator established uh, the typical movie where portraits artificial intelligence as a big threat to as humanity. Evil, right? It's like the classic movie for this. Yeah. It uh, is. Starts when John Connor, which is. Uh, the leader of the resistance sends back uh, into the past. Another one of our favorite topics. Yes, which is time travel. Yes. Uh, which, uh, according to the story, I think the technology was developed by the machines themselves, I think. Is that right? And they uh, obtained it from the machines and then they used it as well to travel to the, uh, to the past. To try and alter the Because past. originally the machine sends first the Terminator mm. and behind him the resistance sent... Uh, uh, Kyle go. Reese yeah. to protect Sarah Connor, which yeah. is the mom of John Connor, so he doesn't, you know, to protect the future. Yeah. And around all this and how machines took over from the past and became independent and in a future where humanity is being exterminated. Yet again. Yet again, yes, one mm. more time. <laughs> this time by robots. And I don't know if there's anybody that has not seen this movie. I think everybody has. And there's a lot of uh, sequels right now. It's, I think it's now in the fifth one. Uh, it's, uh, I think the last one was Terminator Genesis, wasn't Genesis, it? Genesis, something like that, yeah. Which was um, that um, guy who acted in Batman or something. I think. I think, I think, I don't know what you think, but I've seen them all. Uh-huh. Obviously, because it's like, yeah, for it's... me, it's like seeing every Bond movie. That uh-huh, uh-huh. you just got to see it, right? Uh, so that you can moan about it afterwards. <laughs> yes. And, and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and go, well, you know, back in the day, you know. Uh-huh. Um, and I don't know, but I, I think as a franchise, it may be getting a little bit tired. Yeah. They... I mean, we're, we're liter- we've literally reached the future they're talking about. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. You know yeah. you know what's the problem, I think? Uh, this uh, topic of being the threat, yeah. they exploited it as much as they could. <laughs> 
Now it's and went beyond that point. Yes, <laughs> I don't think there's more any more things that they could uh, show about how machines can threat uh, on yeah. us, which we are talking. about. Well, the ultimate is extinction. Yeah. And yeah, they already did. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there aren't many places to go, right? Yeah. And not only that, but there's other movies that probably show us uh, a bit of uh, other ways that humanity can end up with uh, uh, artificial in intelligence trouble. in trouble. Yeah. And right now, for example, just came to my mind without uh, the Borgs. Oh, yes, from Star Trek. From yes. Star Trek assimilating humans into hybrids or something like that. Can I can I just chuck in one point yes. before we leave the okay. Terminator, which was that uh-huh. of course Arnold Schwarzenegger uh-huh. he apparently is coming back in and playing a part in uh, a new Terminator movie. Besides Genesis? Besides the last one? Beyond the last one. Oh Actually my in God, person. Really? Wow. But what has always amused me is obviously he went into politics yeah. And uh, in uh, California, when he was uh, in charge in California... He was the governor. His nickname was the Governator. <laughs> the governor. <laughs> yeah. which, I thought, <laughs> which I thought was quite nice, actually. Yeah. Anyway, sorry for interrupting It's okay, your... because I know that uh, this is a favorite show of Professor Horia, Star Trek, right? Well, yes. There are a few... Uh, let me first, uh, before getting uh, uh-huh. the... Um, uh, in order to get to, to um, a cyborg issue, um, human uh, kind has evolved along the time based on the principal survival of the fittest. Biological yes. evolution, survival issues in, in certain um, uh, unfavorable conditions, mm-hmm. and so on and so forth. Well, in the last hundred years, the humankind has more and more transformed into a uh, social security system. Mm-hmm. Well, there are philo- philosophers, there are psychologists uh, that um, um, say that claim that the, the biological evolution as we know it stopped because of that. Right. Uh-huh, and yes. what is going to follow if it's going to be a cybernetic kind of evolution? Mm-hmm. And we, are, we started to do this mm-hmm. uh, with different... Uh, um, mechanical implants with different uh-huh. intelligent implants. Mm. Um, there have been um, scientific uh, publications on on uh, implants in the brain uh, able to uh, help um, people that are unable to move mm. their legs, for instance, um, mm. uh, in in a way. Probably to, started yeah. even by pacemakers, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. 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 So that's that's going to be. So we are going to need to to, to accommodate ourselves with such a hybrid. Uh-huh. Now, what? How the, uh, how our humanity is defined by this? And this is why um, Star Trek is an excellent series because we have an evolution that is spread along um, um, fifty, sixty years already. Started in in sixties, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know why you looked at me when you said that. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and, and, and uh, what's very interesting there is uh, what we learn out of the specific differences um, between these uh, three series. Uh-huh. Uh, we learned of a um, uh, the, the first series, the uh, the original series, right? Uh, 
uh, of a uh, humankind that just discovered faster the light travel that has just been noticed by uh, by extraterrestrial intelligences. Um, we have that uh, Vulcan, that Mr. Spock, that is part of the crew of humans. Um, Spock, the Vulcan, the, the logic person, the ultimately logic person, is very confident about himself, no issues, no problems. Uh-huh. The humans are those that ask themselves about... Constantly how, doubting. Yes, how far uh, should they go? How far does this guy go? And, and so on. And then, uh, a generation later, we have a Lieutenant Commander Data, an android, yeah. that start not to be comfortable with his android intelligence. And wants to be more human. And search for getting implants for feelings, for example. Yes, yeah. Mm. So that, that um, um, this is a good point for, for me to ask myself, what does it mean to be intelligent? Because uh, Or human. It, exactly. That's the, 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 the link here. Because this, uh-huh. is, this is what um, uh, data lacks, that humanity. Mm. And this is what we learned out of whatever uh, we have constructed so far in terms of intelligence with artificial intelligence, we did not create an intelligence because it lacks a few properties, a few attributes of intelligence. Mm. Speed, memory, it's not intelligence. But isn't there a difference between intelligence and, I don't know, sentience in that... We are sentient, but a machine could be intelligent, but not sentient. Yes, well, uh, I learned in uh, my first year of of computer science studies that the machine is the perfect stupid entity. Of course. Uh It does whatever you program it to do. Rubbish in, rubbish out, right? Garbage in, garbage in. Yeah, yeah, that's... Well, (laughs) that's the phrase, right? So that's a good question. How, How we define intelligence in such a way that... Data is lieutenant commander. Data is hmm. satisfied with it because he's striving to be more human. Well, while it, we strive to be more intelligent, yeah, I'm afraid to say less human. Us become. Us. Do you yes. think you think we'll become less human if we give up some of our irrational well, tendencies? Uh, all, all the success of humanity so far. Uh, has been done because of irrational, of non-rational reactions in terms of crisis. Uh, based on emotions, based on impulse, based on initiative, based on... Intuition. Intuition. Which is a very... Exactly. exactly. Human thing. Rarified yes. concept. Yes. Right? Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Being able to make... Logical connections yeah. between apparently disconnected. So I, I have the feeling that these few attributes are those that are fundamental for us, mm-hmm. and this is are the specific difference between us and whatever else happened yeah. on this planet. Oh, and of course, will yes. be the fundamental difference between us and the first AIs when they emerge. Should I add? Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, will not have these. Yes. more subtle qualities uh-huh. that make yes. us what we yeah. are. Right? So, do you think that uh, human implants or enhancing humanity through implants mm. that could make you better, maybe physically, maybe even mentally, I don't know, 
Uh, yeah. Do you think that would be the next step? I, I and, think it's a given, isn't it? And if it's, it's a given... Well, it's definitely a next step in the evolution of, of mankind. I mean, uh, there is ongoing research on uh, helping um, uh, invalid people, well, disabled people, uh, disabled yeah. people um, by uh, brain implants yeah. in a way to detect the intention of the action not the action itself. Now, and we know there are psychological studies in terms of the mm, specific difference mm, between the intent of the action and the yeah. action itself. And there are five to ten seconds yeah. to do something yes. in advance. And what do you think is going to happen if suddenly, uh, instead of trying to help people that have disabilities, we start to use it uh, for vanity? Well... I think it's fairly obvious, isn't it? That there is there is going it's to gonna, be a, that's going to be right. There's going to be a parallel track, isn't there? Yeah. There's going to be a par a track of medical research, medical and for military, helping, yeah, for helping spinal injury people and other uh -huh. this kind of stuff. But I think just like it has always been with technology, generally, uh, when you get groundbreaking technologies, they tend to be so expensive initially uh -huh. that yes. they can only be afforded by an elite. And I think Still. with these enhancement technologies, uh -huh. for example, you can imagine at some point there might be some implant you can have that will connect you to the internet, your uh -huh. your the Wireless mind antenna. space somehow, right? Uh -huh. yes. And somehow yeah. you can actually perceive directly somehow the information mm. on the internet so on, so on, like instantaneously uh -huh. that isn't going to be available on amazon anytime soon but <laughs> your bill gates and your ellen musks and your other uh -huh. super rich people they will access that technology first uh, right? any any of you saw the tv series of the six million dollar man and the bionic woman mm -hmm. Do you think that is a part of what is uh, next? For example, enhance also physically. And if you could enhance something, what would you enhance in yourself? Mm. Or is there anything that you would like enhance or not? Maybe not. You know, who knows? Well, um, the whole problem is, is uh, I believe that it's put in a, in a wrong manner. First, uh, there are two parallel issues uh -huh. here. On one side... Um, this is a matter of self-preservation of, of mankind. Uh -huh. All sorts of crazy people around the world are still going to try to do it. Exactly. Yes. So if they are going to try to do it, since they are going, or as they are going to try to do it, uh, better have legitimate research, academic and military. Internet has started as an, an, a military research. Mm. For instance, yeah. and it's grown into uh, such a, a, a distributed network and a redundant network that you can't possibly break it, mm -hmm. unless uh -huh. well, you are China, but that's a different issue. <laughs> I, I don't so, agree that you can't break it, but it's well, as yeah. near as unbreakable. Yes, as yeah, mean, yeah, yeah. So that that's one point. Uh, once. Uh, these are sensitive issues. Mm -hmm. uh, as you do research about it, about them, you take care about the negative aspects as well, and you do mm -hmm. you uh, like medications that go in parallel with the antidotes and and all sorts mm -hmm. of. Mm -hmm. um, so that's that's one point. On the other point, it's not 
actually simply enhancing ourselves uh-huh. in a way, at least not at this point. Uh, at this point, is about fixing what is broken. Really? I, uh, I, uh, this is what's happening so far. I, I think there are parallel tracks going on. Yes, yeah, right? yes, of course. Of course there is research uh-huh. for fixing spinal this, that, and the others. But I know, for example, that today, online, you can buy a little kit where you can inject into your finger end or into here in your hand, the fleshy part between your finger and your thumb, you can implant a small capsule in there, and that allows you, for example, to detect electric fields. And you can actually just feel it as a vibration, different vibrations in your hand. So as you, as you put your hand closer near, near this, uh-huh. you'll feel a particular vibration, and that's a little tiny, little tiny capsule. Now, these are crude... Yes, but, but but they are pure, literally, vanity enhancements. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But on the other side, I'm absolutely confident that the medical research into implanting um, mm. electronic circuits mm. into the brain, for instance, yeah. is related to serious medical conditions and not to simple adding a few terabytes of memory to the brain. Of course, but, so, okay. but yeah, medical yeah. research doesn't attract profit, profit drives the world, right? Yes, yes. that's true. But remember that today yeah. is the fun show. This is the fun show. So yeah. let's imagine mm-hmm. just for a moment. Must we? That Yes, you have to. That you can enhance something in yourself. In myself. What would you prefer to enhance your brain, mm. to enhance uh, your strength? I know what I would legs, like. Your legs, your back. I know what I would like because okay. I've, al- I've already said Let's it. Let's start with Carl. What would you like to enhance? What I would like to be able to do is, without any external uh, attachments, be able to actually um, do two things. We all... I'm sure we all have this experience, but when we think often, we we think as if there is a voice in our head. Right? Uh-huh. We like speak with a voice in our head. I would like to have a device where I could use that voice to do searches on the internet. So just in my head, Im- imagine saying whatever the search uh-huh. criteria are, and for that information to be possibly... Uh, superimposed on my optical visual cortex, something like that. So no external device, obviously something implanted that uh-huh. did, did that. In other words, direct access to the World Wide Web. Yes. And you? Yeah, this, uh, uh, of course. Um, and you it, can't have my idea. No, it's not <laughs> your idea. It's my idea, of course. <laughs> but the, the problem is this one. You have the feeling, you know that... Uh, um, it's so much, so uh, people write uh, so large a quantity of serious literature. I mean, not garbage. Uh-huh. Uh, both, uh, it's not partic- particularly scientific. This is not what I mean. Uh-huh. All sorts of other uh, topics of interest, philosophy, um, mm-hmm. um, belletristics. And um, the problem is that it's never enough time mm. to... Evolve yourself. To match the capability. Exactly, right? yeah. I agree, but yeah. we're not talking about that. No, we're no, talking no. about pure flight of fancy yes. here. You yeah. are just yes. imagining. Yeah. What would you enhance, Ruff? Uh, 
I mean, well, obviously, he can't be any more good-looking than you are, so... All right. <laughs> I will make implants of, in the head for more hair, probably. <laughs> <laughs> I think you'll find that's available that already. Still available, yeah. <laughs> no, uh, I don't know. I think uh, besides the brain as well, to be able to probably increase the capacity of your Mem- own brain... Memory or... Uh, memory or um, processing... Learning. Which... Learning, you know, just to... You know, I'm sorry, you know that the capacity of the brain... Is superior, of is course. Is higher, is larger than the capacity of all the World Wide Web. Of but course. you cannot still use it all, right? I, no, 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 it's or, not about that. I'm higher... afraid of how humanity would look when we are going to be able to access all our brain. Well, because there are definitely there are specific functions sus- that are blocked from us. I suspect that our brain structure is over-engineered for the job. Like on, and, the, onions, and that, in fact, on we use the amount that we are able to use. Exactly. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Think, Safeguards yeah. and such. Yeah. yeah. But, uh-huh. but you still yes. haven't told yeah. us what your enhancement but is. Mm-hmm. Let's say that we could do that, enhance yes. it a bit more. Come on. Yes. What is it going and to be? why not uh, have uh, some... I always like... That's why I mentioned the show, The Six Dollar Man. All right. The Six Dollar Man was that? Yeah. The cheap version. The, the, uh, well, <laughs> In the past, six dollar was a lot. Six million dollar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was a Chinese version. <laughs> I thought you were, thought you were just talking about inflation. There, really. <laughs> in the leg, you could read "Made in China." <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. No. Okay. Uh, so a physical, a physical uh, enhancement probably could be maybe he had better vision. Yeah. Be able to see farther, a like new, they a, used to have. A new sciatic nerve? A new sciatic nerve, yes, because today I'm <laughs> suffering from it. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, this kind of uh, extra or more physical activities. All right. Jumping higher, being stronger, moving faster. Further, faster. Yes. The Olympic ideal, right? Mm, something like that, if you want to call it. Right, right. And we should ask that as well to the listeners. We should. If you can enhance something, what would it be? Yeah, but I want to hear Horius. Come on, you must have, you must be able to conceive of something. I, I already answered, right? But have you? Yes. <laughs> what did you answer? Come on. What the, did I did I faint or? <laughs> no, no, we discussed about the, the, the desire to to be able to uh, to fastly access the information around you. That was my idea. I'm sorry for you. <laughs> I'm sorry for you because you're going to be paying me patent Royal charges. Yes. <laughs> uh, now, good versus oh, bad. Yeah, right. Uh, artificial intelligence and conspiracies. Of course. Recently was released this letter by Stephen Hawking and other scientists. And rich dudes. Rich people, yes, saying... Uh, and I'm quoting here Stephen Hawking, I think that the development of full artificial intelligence could spell the end of the human race. And I think we, all three of us would agree with that. Yes. Uh, absolutely. He's I mean, fundamentally right. I mean, clearly it would be superior as soon as it came into being, wouldn't it? My, my only question about all this uh, is that... I'm sorry, and underline the word full. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. I think that's a general intelligence, isn't it? Yes. But, yeah. Yeah. But, but the thing that I always have doubts about, when we see these movies where you have this, these artificial, you know, these bad AIs, and they're generally speaking trying to 
outdoing humanity. Uh-huh. I can never understand why there isn't a visible power socket with a switch on it. Just to turn off. Just the, to turn the damn thing off, right? Because usually they put it in the wrong places or very it's not like, very easy accessible it's places. It's always in a very awkward place behind a yeah. cabinet. or mm. Yes, but let me ask you a simple question. Our mobile phones have the batteries in, right? Mm. Uh, do the power switch literally turn the phone off? Of course not. We no. know that. So why do we assume that that would happen uh, with a well, giant machine that has uh, well, electric autonomy? Giant machine, I <laughs> think, is the clue. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be. It's going to require an awful lot of power, isn't it? Yeah, they are going to develop if they are able to, to atomic batteries, right? Yeah, they are, if they are able to learn from their mistakes, which is a trait that humans do not possess. <laughs> true. By the way. Um, are, the first thing they are going to do is to detect when you turn the switch off, right. so that they switch the batteries, or or switch them back on. Possibly the the biggest safeguard we have that will prevent an AI taking over the planet is if we let Apple design the batteries for it. Yeah, because they will discharge <laughs> it'll, so fast; it'll need recharging within an hour. Although right? I heard yeah. that the new iPhone six has better battery life. Well, it's an hour and a half. No. <laughs> Yeah. It can get you through the day, according to some opinions I heard. Get you through the day. If you keep it off. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do anything with it. So if you're in the United States listening to us, you know that in the rest of the world, people have prefer to use Android. I Android. Think. But we have to say, and we've said this before, that if there's anybody listening at Apple... Yes. That we are prepared to evaluate the latest Apple yes. products, are we? If you send us an iPhone, we can evaluate it, keep it, try it, and use we'll, it, and we'll, we will evaluate and give we'll our be fair. opinion. We'll yeah, be fair. Fair. Yeah. 100%. We just need to get that in, right? Yeah. We have to get that message Because in. Uh, mm. I think it's too much to invest for a test in a phone like that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this, obviously this uh, letter that was written by uh-huh. Stephen Hawking and other luminaries... Um, and the guys, <laughs> the guys, the other guy. We we're in general agreement, aren't we? There there is a there is one exception, which, which is this guy Ray Kurzweil. You know Ray Kurzweil. He's no. actually the technology. He's actually in his sixties now. Uh-huh. In fact, I think he's about sixty eight. Um, he is uh, the technology officer. I think the word is for Google. Although he is a professor of information technology or something like that uh-huh. he was the guy who started the, <laughs> he, was, he was the guy who started the company Kurzweil printers you know printers yes. uh-huh, uh-huh. They, don't, they don't make them anymore yeah. but he made gajillions out of that company uh-huh, uh-huh. anyway he came up with this concept called the singularity uh-huh. right? and the singularity is what he perceives as the point at which technology um achieves a moment where it may be or is possible to upload a human consciousness into an artificial environment. And he actually believes that is the next evolutionary step, that we will actually at some point... So, for example, um, obviously we know I'm ancient. If beyond the singularity... When I get to a certain age, I would be able to opt to either die a natural uh-huh. death or 
have my consciousness uploaded into an artificial environment uh-huh, and uh-huh. literally live forever. That is, that is the singularity. Right? May I ask a question? What does it mean to die a natural death? Well, you've got to die of something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, but. Um, yes, but. Yes, but. It's the body who dies. What's happening with you? Right, that's the that's the subject for another podcast. Yes. Okay. We Life can't, after we, death. We can't do that uh, now. Write that one down. We haven't yeah. done that one. And other conspiracy theories. What about this next one, Rafa? A secret facility in New Mexico using computers with ten times uh, the publicly acknowledged throughout put capabilities. And who is running that facility? Well, it has to be the military, I think. It, it isn't. No, I, I don't think it's IBM. It is IBM. It is IBM. Yeah. Okay. Well, they're the... Yeah. Well, there's... Uh, you know, actually, it's funny because I, I, I was wondering why New Mexico <laughs> Gets is, all these... is the city for all the secret stuff. <laughs> no, but... Uh, <laughs> it's the I'm, state for There's hardly them. room for anybody else, isn't there? May I ask a stupid question? Uh-huh. That, if, is, this is, that is the second one. Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> How many? How many do you think you're gonna get? <laughs> if it's secret, how come that you know? About so, well, it? that's why in the notes I put <laughs> secret <laughs> in, With, quotes. in quotes. <laughs> yeah. All these conspiracies are <laughs> secrets. Yes, yes. That makes them conspiracies, right? Look, yeah, whatever. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but, but really, most of the uh, conspiracies and secret bases are in New Mexico. They are. It's yes. surprising that there's there. He's yes, probably <laughs> pushing up property prices in New Mexico because <laughs> because if all these evil people need their headquarters, they go to New Mexico. They're right? going to go to New Mexico. They're going to buy up land, put up their hollowed out volcanoes that they tend to use uh-huh. for headquarters. Uh-huh. Then they have the monorail brought in to get round in the hollowed out volcano. <laughs> this all costs money. It attracts attention, right? Yes, but think for instance, it's and it's not secret. It's run uh, by Google, by um, Amazon, all sorts of distributed computing systems. Uh-huh. Where if you have um, uh, idle time with your computer, mm. you might it might be used by them for their yeah. own research. Yeah. You know, like the SETI and, project. Yeah, like yeah. the at-home yeah. stuff, are, right? Yeah, yeah. there are. City at home. There are many at-home projects. Yes. 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 I don't think there is a huge... Let's build an evil AI at-home project. No, but the point point is different. The the computer power in this way is great. It's huge Mm. and you can do... It's distributed and unstoppable. Yes, yeah. Of course, you need to, to do your stuff in a way, to program your stuff in a way to make use of this huge distributivity around... But and there is another factor, and that is that most of those computers are going to be running Windows 10. Well, <laughs> so you're not going to get up to too much evil there, are you? Really? Well, since it's Microsoft, it's already there. Right? Well, it comes up to the first Tuesday of the month, and <laughs> but at least they put a nice. <laughs> but now you have a nice female voice there, Cortana. Yes. That's, to that's very true. Mm. That's lovely. Lady. So maybe a lot of people just say. Oh, Cortana. Okay, you're okay, Windows. Don't worry. Which, before we finish... Which is part of an AI, AI, right? Which is, there's a movie, and I'm not everybody has seen this movie, but uh, the movie is called called Her, as in... uh, Her. Her. And it's a 2013 movie. Um, Director is Spike Jonze, I think. Is that 
Fon is that a Spanish name? Uh, no. How would you say Jonesy. that? Jonesy. Jonesy. Jones. Anyway, yeah, and it's a really nice movie actually. It's <laughs> it's this guy. It's the future. Yeah, it's not too far in the future. Maybe thirty, forty years, something like that. Uh, this guy, uh, Joaquin Phoenix, uh-huh. is the main character, and he has a quite a lonely existence. He's a writer. He actually works for a company. Actually, works for a company in this movie, uh-huh. sci-fi movie, and this company writes letters. You you take a service out where they write personal letters for you to people that you know. Okay. So you don't have to do it yourself. They write it for you. Uh-huh. And he is one of these writers, and he gets this new operating system in his computer, and it's clearly meant to be kind of a Windowsy type thing. Uh-huh. But it, the operating system itself is an AI, and mm-hmm. he forms the AI's uh, the operating system's voice is voiced by Scarlett Johansson, uh-huh. and it's a very sexy voice. Sexy. Uh-huh. And he forms, shall we say, an inappropriate relationship. <laughs> you can see I'm using my my quotes there, he forms an inappropriate relationship with his operating system and he actually falls in love with his operating system, right? Uh-huh. And she, the operating system, because it's meant to be em- kind of empathic to uh-huh. its owner, she kind of plays along with it. Anyway, the upshot of the movie is brilliant, which is he is devastated to come home one day <laughs> from work. To discover that his operating system on his computer is having affairs with 7,000 other humans at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. And it is a really amusing movie to watch, actually. It's really well done. Anyway, so that was my little diversion. Sorry about that. Well, let's just go to... And finally... Yeah. Let's check uh, books. Oh, yeah, books. Who wants to start? I start? You start. Obviously, yeah. we start recommending the first one, which is uh, iRobot. Mm. Uh, Isaac Asimov, 1950. Uh, we already talked about it. Yeah. We will put links to a place where to buy them, Yeah, if you want, uh, on, on the show notes. And another book. Yeah, the next one, um, and... This is a very good book, Destination Void, by Frank Herbert. This is from 1966, and this is actually about um, humankind succeeding in creating artificial intelligence that ends in a huge disaster, and the research is moved to the moon to try and isolate it. Uh And, in fact, the AIs that are then created... Uh, are actually put into an artificial environment where they think they are the crew of an exploration ship. And it's about what happens. And the idea is uh, behind the uh, this artificial environment, this exploration ship, is, <coughs> is to put them under high pressure to get them to evolve quickly. And it's about what happens. Very interesting book. Uh-huh. Then we have another book. Horia, mm-hmm. uh, would you no. like to do this one? No. You. Then we have another book, which is uh, Accession mm. by Ian Banks, a cultural novel, The Minds Are Super Intelligent, Artificial Intelligence Begins. 
The novel focuses on the response of these uh, artificial intelligent beings to an alien artifact, the Exception, Exception, which is used by a cruel, violent, and socially immoral alien society to sociopathically gain power. Yeah, yeah. and I have to... Here, Here you have the combination of, like, everything. I have to say, if you've never read any of the Ian M. Banks, he's a British author, uh-huh. I've actually met him. Really? I have met him. Oh. I've actually got a signed book of his. Um, his culture series is absolutely yes. fantastic. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Fantastic. Shall I do the next yes, one? Yes, next one. Yeah, the next one is an also, I think, equally awesome book. Um, it's called The Diamond Age by Neil Stevenson, who's another British author. Uh-huh. Uh, it's 1996. And it's a kind of vividly imagined kind of, you know, the cyberpunk, steampunk uh, steampunk kind of stuff. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Well, this is a kind of a, a society that is kind of like that. And uh, a small girl receives a gift by mistake, as it turns out, called the Young Lady's Illustrated Primer. Uh-huh. And it looks like a very fancy book but it is in fact nanotechnology and the book's purpose is to educate its owner uh-huh. in all aspects of anything the owner is curious about. And um, it's just a very, very interesting and fascinating kind of description of uh, what may at some point evolve in terms of humans interacting with what appears to be sentient technology which uh-huh. is which is what this primer is it's kind of like a sentience but it's it looks like a book very cool and uh finally the last book we have i personally haven't uh, read the book neither have i but i believe that this is where carl got his idea for his uh enhancement because <laughs> it's uh, the book is www awake by Robert Sawyer from 2010. And the story is exactly about a, a, an intelligence that was born from the internet. And the story is set up uh, in, in the year 2012, which is two years after it was written or it was published. And follows the story of uh, Caitlin Dector, which it's, it's a teenage girl, 15 year old, who is blind and kind of a math genius. And she goes on the... On a medical procedure where a signal processing device it's putting her in her head called the iPod, which I don't know where they got this idea from. <laughs> and hope they don't get sued by somebody from the chewed apple, uh, which reprocess signals and sends them back to an implant in her eye. So like this, she can get her uh, the 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 that you want which is to be able to search or visualize the World Wide Web. And suddenly the artificial intelligence uh, emerge from the web and is trying to take her over. And it's trying to communicate. Communicate and, you know, hmm. You're right. Take over. This is where I got that This idea, is where huh? you want the idea, yes. Good grief. Is there no original ideas in the world? No. That, haven't we talked about that before? We have talked about it before. That there's no original ideas in this world? No. Okay. It's- Anything else should, should we talk about or mention about uh, sci-fi, mysteries, anything about uh, artificial intelligence? I, well, obviously we could go on for 
Oh, for much more than that. But yes, we've done it. Yeah. Okay. What about the next one, though? In the next one, we invite you to stay, uh, waiting for it for next week, because Professor Horia Pop returns, and we talk about all his speciality, all the science behind this topic. It's going to be amazing. And the social implications. And social implications. So there's always this kind of thing. Mm. You get it, right? Thank you, Carl. Thank you, Rafa. Professor Horia Pop, thank you so much. Thank you. See you in the next episode. Thank you very much indeed. My name is Rafael Ruiz, and we will talk to you next week. All names, sounds, logos, and other related items are owned by their respective trademark and copyright holders. This podcast is a production of Darkmind Radio. Go to darkmindradio.com to find out more. All rights reserved, Darkmind Radio 2016.